This is an Area Code podcast. You're listening to Table of Malcontents, where Aaron Armstrong, Dave Schrader, and Scarlett Hildebeidel talk about the books they love and a few they really don't to help you be a better reader. Hey everybody, welcome to Table of Malcontents. I'm Aaron, and with me as always, or almost always, is Scarlett, and Dave will be here eventually, maybe. But Scarlett, how's it going? Maybe. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing okay. You know, it is is the last... Uh, work and school day before Labor Day here, um, so that's pretty exciting. So technically, I am on vacation, as in like a four-day, va- four-hour vacation before a long weekend. So I mean, you know, I'm living wild and crazy. Nice here, yeah, yeah. But uh, the kids all just got home from their big half day. They are um, building like they're continuing to build Lego like crazy because we're we're trying to get rid of a bunch of it. So. Okay. So that part's fun. Um, it is chaos in the Armstrong home. <laughs> so, right. yeah. How are things going over there? I was just going to say, I don't know if you can hear the chickens squawking right outside my window, but they're squawking very loudly. So there's farm chaos happening here. But See. Everything's good. Is there anything <laughs> other than chaos that can happen on a farm? Um, I don't know yet. Hmm. <laughs> We're, okay. we're enjoying the chaos these days. That's good. That's good. Yeah. I saw that one of the, the girls had a mud fight recently. They did. I was not informed that that was going to happen. And then it happened. And I was happy that it happened. But since it's happened, I've been asked again, can we have a mud fight again today? And I'm like, oh, maybe not right this moment. But for sure, we'll do it again sometime. <laughs> nice. Nice. Well... Well, um, if they do, make sure you get uh, make sure you you find out who the instigator is and make them do the laundry. That's so. a good idea because I, there was quite a bit of aftermath. After I believe that cute it. Picture I posted. I believe it. <laughs> so. Bleach involved. Oh my goodness! <laughs> so much bleach. So much oh, bleach. So much bleach. Yeah. All right. Well, Scarlett, I'm excited about today, and Me I'll tell you too. why. Tell me why. We have we have a guest with us. I know he's got so many books. That's true. He has many books behind him. You all can't <laughs> see this because this is an audio medium, not a visual one. But uh, with us is Matt Redmond, and so not Redman, Redmond. Yeah, not Redmond. <laughs> That's right. Uh, you just Matt, lost so many listeners. Right hands. Tens of listeners. Yes. (laughs) If you knew how many social media followers I have because they think that I am the singer. I Uh, was wondering whether or not to tell you this, but (laughs) when all I had was a name, I looked up Matt Redman greatest hits (laughs) because I thought I love Matt Redman's music. And I did look them up and then I, and then I got, and then I realized, oh, the spelling and yes, different, different person, lots uh, of amazing uh, things that you do, but not the greatest hits. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I, yes, I have not done any greatest hits. <laughs> I have no hits. Mm. Well, <laughs> well, see, there's spo- that spoils my first question because I was going to ask if you could if you could make yourself a greatest hits record, what would you call it? <laughs> oh, 
none hit wonders. Nice. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Yeah. I, I mean, really, I have no musical talent whatsoever. Lots of records, but no musical talent. <laughs> I'm, I'm a professional appreciator as well. So right. I, uh, I respect that. But you've got all these amazing, sorry, go ahead. No, I have a great story. So recently uh, I was, um, I was asked to submit some writing uh, uh, to a website who wanted to see a sample of my writing. And so I went to look for something that I'd written for He Reads Truth. Oh, there's Dave. I'm alive. Hi, Dave. Hello, folks. I presume you're all still recording. (laughs) We sure are. It's okay. I was just telling a story. That's okay. All right, listeners, I've ruined it. Matt, keep rolling. No, I was just saying that we were talking about the whole I'm not Matt Redman, the singer. And I was <laughs> looking for something that I had written the other day for He Reads Truth. And, um, and when I went to search it, I found it. And, and there was a comment about it from someone who said, uh, my favorite singer also writes for He Reads Truth. <laughs> and I was like, this may be the first time that they thought that he was me. Oh, he was man. <laughs> it's, that's when everything changes, man. It, it was huge. Well, it was huge. Matt, you're our celebrity, okay? Yes. <laughs> when it is. All right? That's true. I that's true. to be a celebrity. I do love that picture behind you, though. So, Matt, this is really our way to get you to be our counselor, okay? (laughs) We've got some some issues right now. We do have issues. That's why this segment... We have a lot of issues. (laughs) Yeah. This this segment... I I listen. I know. (laughs) He knows our issues. He's like, I diagnosed all of you already. Um, Dave, I was just about to, because you weren't here, do the thing where you, um, you know, list all... All the amazing things that the guest has done, but you're better at that. So, so we haven't done that yet. So you. That's go ahead. true. We were just okay. we were we, just we, about we, to do our introduction. We were just um, eliminating. We were just talking about things that he's not, which is the singer Matt Redman. Yeah, so that's we, all we've covered. We we have uh, uh, definitely yeah established that, which is good for the listeners. Um, <laughs> so if you're disappointed, do not be disappointed. This is the real Matt Redmond. And <laughs> if you are disappointed, voice your disappointment with a five star yeah. rating and review on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> shameless, shameless. Uh, here's another shameless one right here. Right here is Matt Redman. He is not mundane. All right, nor is God. He even wrote a book about that. That, all right <laughs> which you're which I, i'm just going to go right into that matt so you're re-releasing it right now correct uh supposedly i think um covid19 i don't i don't understand I, something about a pandemic slowed things down a little bit i think with um cruciform mm-hmm. who i've been working with and um so hopefully that's going to happen soon yeah I, that's 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 exciting. So, I mean, uh, but I wasn't hearing this kind of about this time. So I, I love it because one, one thing, Matt, I think I first, I mean, we, we interacted, it was probably through someone like uh, a mutual friend of ours, Pete Scribner. Cause I think you guys went to seminary oh, yeah. together. Right. And, um, and I remember that there was, there was, uh, oh, there's all these books coming out about a similar topic uh, you know, to, you know, and you're like, thanks again. I already wrote this book. <laughs> where, where have you guys been? <laughs> I wrote this book years ago. 
Um, so I, uh, I, I love that you, um, um, you, you've always been humorous on it. And I'll say this for listeners, you, you guys, please do follow Matt on Twitter. It's Matt, it's just Matt Redmond or is it Matt B. Redmond? I can't remember. Uh, I, I honestly, I do not know. Hang Don't on. you love that when you're like, <laughs> what, what am I? Who am I? What do I do? It's just Matt Redmond with a D at the end, but yeah. But see, that's a good segue into you know keeping things in line with Cruciform Press since they have a they have a book called Who Am I uh, by the late Jerry Bridges. Um, there we go. Thank there you, you go. Man. There you're you go. welcome. You're welcome. But- I was really excited to see though that they were the ones who you were doing the second second release from because they were uh, they because we're label mates now. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, they did my first two books, and I loved working with Kevin. He is a great guy, a really, really good editor, and just a good man. You're in good hands. Yeah, yeah, I felt good about it. Well, Matt, you've been a little bit of everything, but I'm just going to start what I, I love most. Um, yes, your love for Christ, of course, but just a notch below that is your love for the St. Louis Cardinals. So if there are listeners who do not care then or care and do not like it um you just got to hang in there because that that's just what we interact about and uh it's okay so um but no i know i i I know that came from your time uh going at covenant seminary right is that when you fell in love with the cardinals well it it also started with my dad my dad was a stan usual fan and so i i had a stan usual kind of a larger trading card one of those big ones that you would get every now and then it was mm-hmm. on the wall by my bed with all my other baseball stuff so and then ozzy smith everybody loved ozzy smith and they oh, yeah. have i so, ever told you my uh my stan musical story is this the one where you locked the keys i did yes yeah, thank you thanks that's surprise. right i think we talked about separately yeah but listeners stan musical is like if you don't know anything about cardinals baseball he is like the icon of st louis like he's one of the most genuine loving people and in terms of he's a fan favorite. Um, um, but as uh, and I'm not surprised just for the sake of Matt, you and your family uh, loving him so much. Uh, my dad and my grandfather certainly did growing up in St. Louis, but uh, he's one of those, he would appear everywhere. And, um, and he, you know, I, I worked at a country club and there was a day that he and Jack Buck and Joe Buck, and if you don't know Joe Buck, at least, you know, now, I mean, most people do because he's a, an announcer for a lot of sports, especially baseball, but his dad is the famous Cardinals announcer. So imagine the three you're, of them. You're killing Aaron right now, aren't you? I know, I, I know I am, but it's important for you guys to understand that this is my dad's boyhood idol, okay? Like, this is like, think of like your person. If it's an author, you know, if you wanted to meet Stephen King or, some, or something, I don't know, whatever that is to you, this is like our version of it and the point is like i'm working at a country club they come to play golf one day they're so nice talkative they didn't care about playing golf they just wanted to get to know who i was or anyone else around them but they go play the round of golf and they come on back later and i'm super busy and stan comes up and gives me his golf shoes and asks me if i could put him in the car while he goes and gets changed so i go and do that and then I come back and I'm busy doing other things. And Stan comes back and he's like, Dave, okay, I'm ready. Do you have my keys? And, um, and so and I was like, I'm checking my pockets. I'm like, man, where are they? I know I put them somewhere around here. And then I, and I figure out, oh my gosh, I, I, 
I think I, I, as I walked back to his car, to his trunk, I realized I locked his car keys in his trunk. Oh my goodness. And, and there's probably like some electronic, you know, thing that prevents that from happening with today's cars now, but um, this is like no, the top 10 greatest baseball players probably ever. Yeah, oh exactly. Goodness. And, and oh. again, more importantly for me to be able to go home at night and sleep in bed would be my dad's boyhood idol. And I'm not to screw that up. And so I end up having to go before Stan and Jack Buck walks up in the middle of this too, having to apologize. And long story short, they come back later. They said, no problem. They end up taking Stan back to his house to get his extra set of keys. And they come back later. They give me $20 tip. They give me two oh front goodness. row tickets to the game that night. Aww. I mean, so good, good people. Be, be kind, right? Is that our message? Just be kind to people. There you go. Always, and, and always. $20 tips and front row seats to your favorite sporting event or music or whatever there you go you know if i ever have tens of dollars i fully expect anticipate doing that for people there you go you know i expect that out of you but dave you know i i I didn't get a i ruined the rest of his introduction though i gotta i gotta keep going i'm I'm done i'm done all right matt i i i I never finished your your bio because i'm just going to keep embarrassing you because because matt is a great man and you've also been a teacher which I want to ask you some questions in the past because you have had unique ways of teaching. I know you miss teaching. I know that very well, but also you're now doing, you've started up counseling full-time too, along with being a pastor. So let me dig in right there. Just being a pastor. What's it like switching to doing full-time counseling now? Well, um, I mean, I'm still ordained as a pastor, but I'm not pastoring at a church. We're just attending a church in our neighborhood uh, a few minutes away from us right now. Um, what is counseling like? right now is that is that the question yeah um (laughs) i'm not even sure i've been doing it long enough to know um (laughs) it's really in so many ways it's great i mean i i I love it it was always my favorite part of i mean i love teaching love you know i'm totally comfortable standing in front of a group talking but i love the one-on-one Um, and the great thing about counseling is, is there's no, uh, I mean, it's easy to just get straight to it. Um, people don't hem and haul, you know, you don't talk about the weather. Everybody just kind of jumps straight in. Um, and people are usually refreshingly honest and because they're willing to pay for this thing, they give it time and energy and you give them homework to do and they do it. And, um, uh, so yeah, it's been, it's been wonderful. It's great life work balance right now. Mm-hmm. Um, doing virtual learning with one of my kids, homeschooling two of the kids. My wife is working some. Mm-hmm. And so it's really good to be um, doing something that I'm, I'm the boss of basically. So, so yeah, it's been, it's been good. I love it. I love that you're doing that. So it's such a fit because I would describe again, going back to Twitter, Matt, you are a, um, you're kind of one of those people on Twitter, not one of those, cause there's not many people who are good at doing it. It's the fact of being encouraging and challenging all at the same time, which is what's needed. And I know a lot of, uh, pastors in particular can dip into some really difficult, uh, territories, especially politically and everything else, but you've, uh, 
uh, you've handled that with grace. And um, so it, I just say it's noted. So I've appreciated you. And I w- I've always enjoyed interacting that way. So, yep, there you go. That's, yeah. that's, that's how it is. All right. Now I have to look behind you for a second. So uh, we're, we're, we, since we're looking at your bookshelf, the listener can't see this. Right. But if you were to surprise us by picking out one book that you happen to have in there, what would we be most surprised that you have on the shelf? So I, I, I can kind of give you a tour right okay. here. Yeah. So this Please right do. here is this, this, this right here is all C.S. Lewis. Mm. You can kind of see the pop-up book, Chronicles of Narnia pop-up book, and then mm. all that C.S. Lewis. This is all poetry down here. Um, classic fiction is over there. Um, fantasy right there. So you can see uh, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, that yeah. kind of thing. Um, theology is above that. And then you can see a bunch of just volumes of things. Um, what else? Some more classic literature up here. Baseball books are up top. Music okay. books are up there. I got a whole Dallas Willard section. Mm-hmm. And then books I've been reading this year that, uh, that I'm trying to keep up with. Yeah. I have a Bach shelf over there, just Bach books about... Yeah. No, yeah, let, let, that let's, may be the weirdest we'll, section. We'll, let, let's pause right there for a second because I love that you have a bunch of Bach books, and I've heard you've <laughs> talked a lot about Bach. Tell us why we should read about Bach. Okay, that's actually easy. I mean, he is known as probably the best at what he did. So if you if you talk to um, you know, in, you look at polls of the greatest, it's generally going to be Bach, Mozart, Beethoven at the top, right? And most people are going to put Bach at the top. I mean, he was their predecessor. They would have thought Beethoven and Mozart. So he's the best at what he did. But he was also a very committed believer. I mean, you don't have to read very far into his bio. There's actually a whole book called Bach and God that is basically an argument by a person who does not believe in God that to understand Bach you need to understand it about his faith. And so I think that's one reason why, I mean, as a believer, he, you know, he's, uh, and er, you know, everybody thinks he's, you know, you, whether it's sting or, um, you know, the lead singer, formerly the police, um, you would credit him as a, an, an influence. Um, Thelonious Monk, uh, would have credited him as an influence. So jazz, um, so I think that'd be one reason. Um, there's not a whole lot yeah. of historical information out there about him, but very about interesting him. to read about him. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah it's one of those where I, uh, I've i never known much about, you know, we did a um, a church history class, uh, you know, that I taught it uh, in our church. And we did a piece where we... I had each each of the class and he's going to give kind of like a book report like thing on variety of people in theology and Bach was Bach is one of them too you know in terms of theology through um, through music you know and especially in church history and and influencing culture and everything and I did not know much at all about him in that way so yeah it was it was impressive I didn't so. even a couple of years ago so where should we start if we're going to read a book about Bach what's the oh, best that's one easy. Uh, the, the best book is Evening in the Palace of Reason. Um, it's basically using the story of him and Frederick. I can't remember which Frederick it was. I don't know. Frederick, was there a Frederick the Great? I can't remember. But anyway, um, uh, 
the um, and Frederick was brings Bach into his palace and challenges him to kind of a you know to come up with a theme around a particular piece of music and um, and he rises to the occasion and ends up being uh, what's called the musical offering and uh, so he made, the author basically uses that story to tell the life of both men and kind of here you have Bach who's basically working on a a medieval cosmology, a way of looking at the world. And then you've got Frederick who is, uh, you know, basically a very modern thinker for his time and and not thinking with a, uh, uh, um, a cosmology or a worldview that involves God at all. And so it's a very, it's a, I mean, it's, it's a very interesting read for, even if you don't care about classical music a whole lot, it's still a very interesting read. It's basically, it's basically popular philosophical history. I like it already. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Talk about a genre I don't know much like of anything about. And, and I don't know genre it is. It's just more just the perspective of looking at music that way. And yeah. I think, you know, even before you're talking about, you always, uh, you're, you're a Bono fan too. So, um, you know, in terms of uh, kind of his perspectives on faith and so on. So what is, what is it about musicians like Bono today? Like, are they influenced by people like Bach? I know you said Sting certainly is and so others, but like, yeah, what, what, how, does, how does that work? I don't know. I know Bono grew up in a, a home where with a lot of opera. Uh, Bono's mom died uh, very early. He was a young man when his mom died, but his dad he tells these stories about his dad singing opera throughout the house. And so that's kind of what he grew up with. And then obviously, you know, that, and then, you know, the punk rock of the Ramones uh, was a big influence on him. And um, so you, and you know, you can actually hear some of that opera influence and some of their music. I mean, he actually did a duet with uh, Pavarotti, Miss Sarajevo. Yeah. All right. So shall, shall we dive into Bono and Eugene Peterson then, since we're there? Oh. All right. Talk, talk, I think talk, we talk, have to. We have yes. to. Talk, talk us through that. All right. You're going to have to introduce everything that happened. And it's been, what, 10 years ago, right? Uh, it would have been, actually, it might have been longer than that. But it was probably about 10 years ago, maybe a little bit longer. I can't remember which tour it was. I want to say it was on the How to Dismantle an Atomic Bomb tour that he, they brought you, they invited Eugene Peterson in because they've been so influenced by the message. Mm. And, um, and so they would on some of their tours, I can't remember which tour it was. It might've been Zeropa or maybe even Octung Baby or something like that. But they, they would use confetti and the confetti was Bible verses from the message and 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 so anyway the um uh bono became a huge fan of eugene peterson and um they brought him in met him and then of course the video showed up with uh what's his name uh from fuller uh a number of years ago you know so it's interesting because you know they i can't remember did a book come out of that project too about i know but not the message i'm talking about uh, the psalms because i remember watching some of the videos they did but i didn't know if like a book came out of that do you all remember i don't 
I don't know of one. Yeah. No, I, I think, think I there's just the film. Uh, yeah, and, and just in case our listeners don't know, yeah, tell us a little bit about that film because I thought that was interesting, just a way to look at the Psalms in a new way. And I know Psalms are such a unique part of the Bible, um, but I thought it being one of those fascinating intersections, how uh, music and, and writing come together, um, that is sometimes a lot of people look at Christian music today and uh, without going too deep into that, because um, I think there's a lot of them who do it well, and there's those who struggle with it clearly in terms of like, what's the purpose of it? And uh, mind you, I work for an organization that promotes Christian music. So help me stay employed, please. Uh, Remember, <laughs> our golden rule hasn't gone away, Dave. Don't get exactly. fired. No, but I'm just fascinated about that, you know, about like, you know, them honing in from that perspective. But, you know, Bono's a writer at heart. I mean, he's, he's, he's trying to do some cool things. So walk us through that. Well, the film, I think it's Bono and Eugene Peterson in conversation is what it's called. I, and I, I've showed it to every class that I taught over the past three years of high school students, um, generally in my hermeneutics class. Um, uh, I taught 10th grade hermeneutics. And so I would, I would use this to talk about the Psalms and it's basically them talking about, um, you know, the honesty of the Psalms, what they like about them. And at one point in time, Bono, which is really one of the more striking parts of the discussion is Bono hears, um, Eugene Peterson talk about the need for on for honesty and, and, and Bono talks about how we need music that's more like that, that's, that, that talks about their struggles and talks about their failures. And um, anyway, it's very, it's a, if you haven't, audience, if you have not heard it, it's, it's worth, it's not very long, but it's worth your time uh, to watch on YouTube. It's very well done. And for me, it was huge. I, I can remember the day that came, that, that it came out. Um, because Bono was really a huge part of my growing as a believer in high school and in college um, and been a big part of our family. I mean, my kids know you two backwards and forwards. And, um, and then Eugene Peterson kind of saved my sanity when I was doing pastoral ministry about 12 years ago. So that was, that was pretty huge for me. Yeah. I think I remember um, being at Covenant Seminary and Dennis, not taking, just taking like a weekend course. Uh, uh, you remember Dennis and Margie Hack? Oh, yeah. 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 So, yeah, they were in, and, you know, it was a Christ and culture like weekend, you know, and they brought in a lot of YouTube music and a variety yeah. of things that I thought was really fun and a lot of other literature. I mean, I think here you are, Covenant Seminary, kind of the uh, heart of the PCA world, right? And and here they are digging into how we can look at pop culture, um, with, you know, with the lens of you know uh, being someone in Christ, and what is that, and and how do we what do we do with that? Um, but you know, it was I knew I always loved you too. I knew I always loved a lot of uh, these artists, but I think. Um, I don't know. It gave me a greater appreciation of that's for sure. So I always enjoyed their seminars. They were fun. And since this is a book podcast, there's a fantastic book called Bono in conversation. And basically the whole book 
Have y'all, do y'all, have y'all talked? Y'all probably talked about this already. Uh, we haven't talked about the book, but I think I read it about ten years ago. It's like one long interview over years with Bono, and it is absolutely uh, fantastic. Very clearly talks about his faith, what that looks like for him, how it impacts the way he thinks about the world and his family and himself. And the gospel is very clear. And it's it's just, it's a wonderful book. Yeah. That, that was something that was really impressive, impressed upon me reading it. Um, when I did, I mean, that was back when I still lived in Canada, but just the fact that it's like, you know, you see people who use, who will sometimes use a lot of, a lot of basically God talk in, um, in pop culture and stuff like that. And it's like, no, he actually knows what he's talking about. And that's, um, there, there's just something fundamentally different about that, that I appreciate. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, Here's another question: Like, why, why has Bono not has he written like a full length book before? Um, I mean, there's plenty no. of fan books about him, but I just was curious. If... No, I'm assuming he's working. He's got to be working on a memoir of some kind. I, I would hope so. Yeah. Um, when I was at uh, Thomas Nelson, we, uh, you know, there's a book that was released based on I think his his, uh, his prayer breakfast speech on the move, and uh, um, it was powerful. Um, but it was a neat, you know, book. And I think this was like 2005, probably something like that. I think the book came out a couple of years later, but I thought it was he he's full of great songs and speeches certainly in terms of challenging people. But, uh, but yeah, it's a, uh, I don't know. It's fascinating. So, so am I in the minority that hopes that, that he never actually writes a book? It's a fair question or a fair, uh, yeah. point, you know, <laughs> no. And, and uh, I have a very specific reason why is, is because he, yes, he, he can speak, he can speak very passionately and profoundly, um, he can write very, um, thoughtful songs, but those things don't always translate into a book, you know? Well, and there's a other piece too. He doesn't, and Matt, correct me if I'm wrong too. I don't, he doesn't talk a ton about his personal life. I know certainly I remember his father dying, but he does that through songs. Right. Um, he's done that about his marriage. He's, you know, about being a father, but he doesn't talk a ton of details and there. And there's, you know, I understand trying to keep his, your public life public and your private life private. But uh, the problem with the book is that people want you to be really vulnerable for it to work well. Um, if you're writing a memoir or some sort of kind of life message. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I, don't know. I mean, I can understand Aaron's concern about that. I mean, mm-hmm. if you think about Springsteen's memoir was incredible. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, it was incredible. It was just a, an incredible piece of piece of writing. It really mm-hmm. was. I mean, but you expect that he's a storyteller, right? I mean, yes. You could hear his voice very clearly. That distinctive Springsteen. Yes. You know, he, American voice, right? Yes, and, he's, and he's he's a different uh, type of poet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and so you can you know, you can expect that, but. Uh, you're right. You know, Bono's not a storyteller. He's more of a poet, I would say. And uh, there's more of a, there's more of that sensibility, I think. So, but I mean, 
I didn't expect who would have expected Dylan, you know, Bob Dylan's Chronicles, which I think is also a wonderful piece of literature, mm-hmm. um, whether any of it's the truth or not. It's <laughs> but, but it's, but I love that book and I'm not sure I would have expected that until I read that it was amazing. So. Yeah. Aaron and Scarl, have you read many like just music bios kind of like what he's referencing? Cause I've not read Springsteen. I've heard it's amazing. Just like you said, yeah i have read a few myself um i mean i have a um basically my what like my my trash reading genre of choice is celebrity bios um so it's like just something i can turn my brain off on and just enjoy uh sometimes um some but and because they often actually surprise me um when they're good ones I have a list of ones that I want to read more than ones that I have read. So for example, there's one that's um, uh, a history of the Ramones that I want to, that I want to get into because I love the Ramones. That's actually a really good book. If it's the one that, that I've read, um, which is the one that you read. I can't remember the name of it. It was 15. It's definitely that one. There's a book that is uh, actually by Dave Grohl and his mom or his mom. And he inputs a little bit. That's actually one that I want to read too. I but uh, um, just because I, I like the Foo Fighters. They're fun. Um, they're good live band, man. Like really good live band. But uh, yeah. Scarlett, what about you? I don't, I don't, I don't think I have anything to contribute. I can't, I don't, I don't know that I've read. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. Well, it begs the question. Would it then? Because I'm I'm in that same area with you, Scarlett. I've read a few, but certainly not a lot. So we. So you're saying we need to read Springsteen. We need to do that, right? Yeah. We, I mean, I think it's it's. I mean, it, there's some content. <laughs> <laughs> Let the pause be there with the the air quotes. Yeah. Um, That's right. But yeah, I just think I think it's a, a wonderful, a wonderful read. I mean, somebody I grew up with. Um, so I, I, I thought it was amazing. It, you know, it probably depends on the kind of music that you like to what you should what you should read. So there's a lot of great jazz biographies out there. Um, I realize I'm probably the minority on, on that subject. But um, but there's I mean, yeah, some and some of them are. Are, are really thoughtful and uh, fairly um, deep, and but there's a lot of them. The one about Tom Petty, the bi- the biography by uh, Z- Zanes, is that who wrote it? Um, the guy that was in the other band, I can't remember the name of that band, but um, that's a fantastic biography about Tom Petty too. Right. So when somebody just asks you, this could be any book, like they say, hey, what what is your like? go-to book recommendation for someone says i want to get into reading i want to get into something like good deep thoughtful reading what 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 do you go to i i don't know how to answer that honestly because i mean i mean stuff like uh harry potter's easy i think for people Uh, i love those books i love chronicles narnia but i also love i'm probably the only 48 year old straight man who loves Jane Austen and thinks she's the greatest. Um, I think she's the greatest writer in the English language. So um, mm. I realize I, I am, again, I don't That's know. That's a bold statement. 
outside of C.S. Lewis thought that too. So, um, oh, really? Is he quoted saying that? Oh, yeah, he loved. Yeah. He loved all, okay. All, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and um, but I, I, you know, so if it's a if it's a female, I will certainly recommend Austin. Yeah. Um, if it's a male, I may recommend uh, Cormac McCarthy, like The Road, um, which is one of those books that I think about constantly. Um, so yeah, I think about Sense and Sensibility and Con and The Road. What what a combination! <laughs> uh, my wife hasn't figured me out either, so it's not meant to be that way. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I, I think that's a that's a that's a good combination there. All right, I'll dig in just a little deeper since you're a C.S. Lewis fan, and Scarlett has shared her favorite, right? Your favorite, not only of the year but of all time, right? Okay. Mm. Okay. All right. So which well, is so he's got so many good ones, but yeah, the great divorce is my favorite, but also I just read it. So <laughs> that's usually how it works with Lewis. That's another book that I think about all the time and I haven't read it in years, but I think about it. It's one of those books that you kind of keep reading after you're done. Um, yeah, I love that one. So you want to know my favorite CS Lewis? Probably, um, probably a grief observed. I know that may be a weird one, but, um, when my it, it's one of those books that when my when my dad died in 2013 my mom read it, it was really helpful to her and then when she died i read it again and i read her copy so for some reason that's the book that's kind of the and that was you know, l- less than a year after my dad passed away so that was a um so that's kind of become my favorite book i mean by him i, I think it's a very it's a raw profound book um so yeah, probably that one. Either that or Till We Have Faces. You know, I've never read that. Me either. Brandon just handed it to me after I finished The Great Divorce. He's like, okay, read this one next. Because I've read a lot of Lewis, but I haven't read that either. It, it's not like anything else he's written. Um, and I, if there's an intro, I, w- I would read the intro beforehand. But it is, it's a, it's a beautiful book. It really is. My sister... You know, I'm trying to think, like, I think that's when she fell in love with C.S. Lewis. And here's someone who um, doesn't have that type of active faith. I'll just kind of leave it at that. Um, You know, but she discovered that and just, that was amazing. This is like her teenage years to 20s or something like that. I think that was the first time I'd heard about it. That was probably my first C.S. Lewis book I heard about. But uh, yeah, so I have a copy of it. I just have not read it. So, all right, you're, you're pushing it up the list. And great divorce. Surprised by Joy, if you haven't read that one. Oh yeah. Scarlett, yes. have you read Surprised by Joy? I don't think I've read that one. <sighs> I don't remember it anyway, so I must not have read it. I mean, yeah. I've read all the new ones, you know, and the the most uh, famous ones, but screw tape letters. I so I have it. <laughs> okay, there you go. Well, and if not, I mean, certainly you've read a fake quarter, <laughs> fake quote or two from it around the internet, so. Um, <laughs> Yeah, what, what what what's going on with that right now? I know everyone's it's referencing. I, what, what's the what is the quote? You have to read it out because I I I I saw someone referencing it, but and it's a joke that I'm not up on. It's about it's about politics, and I'm just surprised there's not enough people that think it's too perfect. Number one, it's really short. It's like one paragraph, and none of them are that short. It's it's very tight. Here's what it says. Um, 
My dear Wormwood, be sure the patient remains completely fixated on politics. Arguments, political gossip, and obsessing on the faults of people they have never met serves as an excellent distraction from advancing in personal virtue character and the things the patient can control. Make sure to keep the patient in a constant state of angst, frustration, and general disdain toward the rest of the human race in order to avoid any kind of charity or inner peace from further developing. Ensure the patient continues to believe that the problem is out there in the broken system rather than recognizing there's a problem with himself. Keep up the good work, Uncle Screwtape. It is most definitely not from the Screwtape letters as entertaining as that fact as that quote may be it's got too much but, 2020 in it <laughs> well it's got some it's got a whole lot of 2016 in it because i do not remember seeing that anywhere before 2016 um but you know um as abraham lincoln told mm-hmm. us don't believe that's everything right. you read on the internet that's right so <laughs> that, po- that poster's up in my daughter's <laughs> class right now it always makes me smile <laughs> <laughs> the unfortunate thing is is that there's going to be a generation of children who actually believe that he said that so um just like how there's people who believe that uh lewis said not thinking less of yourself but and that was not him that was rick warren okay i have i have to tell you something about this i haven't thought about this okay I, in my first book, Afraid of All the Things, I think it's in both of my books. I used that quote. I did. I think it was in both of the books. In the first one, I credited it. I think I I can't remember who I credited it to, but then my father-in-law was like, no, that was, and he either said one or the other. So then when I was writing the other book and I wanted to put it in the other book too, because I love that quote, I like really looked into it and it is a Rick Warren quote, but it's based on a C.S. Lewis idea. So really, it's, it's like both. You can, you can, you know, word for word, it's Rick Warren. But the idea is C.S. Lewis, is what we found. <laughs> so I think in both of my books, it's, it's, given, it's attributed to different people. Well, I'm just going to say that I like the, the actual Lewis quote that, uh, that inspired that. Here is what he said. A really humble man will not be thinking about humility. He will not be thinking him about himself at all. Much more profound. So that's, uh, so, and that is coming from, of course, mere Christianity. See, maybe that's my favorite, but I read that. That was the, the first, maybe the first one I read. Well, that's not true. I read Narnia first. That's okay. Most people did. When I was I was like sixth grade when I read first read them. That's that's much more much that's much punchier like in like an Eric Metaxas on the road. Too soon, too soon. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Oh, it's staying in. A hundred, including (laughs) this interchange, is staying in. (laughs) So. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you take your shots where you can get them, and. well, apparently so does uh, so does Metaxas. So, uh, and it just happens to be when someone's riding a bike. But um, anyway, you know, I'll just say this one thing that sparked joy on the internet for me that day. 
the meme continues <laughs> just, to spark joy. I just thought it's just it's just it's just you know what I needed a laugh on a day like that, and I needed, and it was there. So, so I just say thank you. Keep so, going, Aaron. Um, Sorry, Matt. You asked us an important question that uh, Dave and I discussed last week, and I want to revisit this because this is important. This is the deep. Uh, the deep issues that people listen to this show for. You asked us a question, which is, what is one of the worst trends in evangelicalism and why is it the Enneagram? So first of all, thank you for that question and thank you for answering that question right off the bat. So let's get into this. Why, 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 do you, why are you not a fan of the Enneagram? Uh, First of all, I have to point out that I brought that subject up because I knew, I knew that it would get some traction, because I now refer to the the Malcontents podcast no longer as really a book podcast as much as a cats and enneagram podcast. Oh no! Yeah. Oh no! And, and now bunny, it, de- now it all depends. Podcast. Are we talking right. about making yeah. fun of well, the enneagram or? <laughs> um. So, okay, here, well, I want to keep this brief because maybe that'll keep me out of some trouble. Okay. Uh, I, 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 my main issue with it is that what it does is it basically will set people up to go, well, the reason why I am doing something is because I am this kind of personality. Um, and the reason why, and maybe even worse, this is why you're doing something is because you're this personality. I, I've, I, I think it, so does. it makes us judgmental and, and, and it I makes us excuse ourselves a lot of for things think that way. And they have really good intentions. I, I, I truly do. I think there are probably people writing about it and who are using it in even counseling um, to do that. But I actually recently had somebody that I was counseling who brought, who basically said that about themselves. And, uh, my, you know, I, I, it, it bothered me, uh, a lot to hear that because it, it really did kind of feel like I'm excusing. I do this not because I have a problem, but because I'm this kind of personality. And, um, so, so yeah, that that's my my, my main issue. Mm-hmm. I mean, should mm-hmm. we have some concerns about its origin? Yes, I think that's probably true. Um, I'm concerned about anything that comes out of the 1980s, <laughs> personally. Oh look, it's so. more ancient than that. It's way more ancient than that. It's probably the 60s. Wait a I minute. Mean, wait a minute. So, oh, good point. Good point. Um, <laughs> but again, I, I I mean, people give me a hard time now because they know. And, and they will joke about it all the time about what number I am and what wing I am or whatever. But um, my, my main thing is, my main thing is, is, turn is this, are people using it as a tool for discipleship? And if they are, why this tool? Um, now, I am an equal opportunity uh, personality test hater. I don't like any of them. And if you and if you go and read it, by the way, since we're, this is a book podcast, a fascinating book is a book called The Personality Brokers. And it 
is Ooh. absolutely fascinating. It's about the history of Myers Briggs. Talks about a few of the others, and it is absolutely fascinating. And it will, it will, if it, if you love those things, it will trouble you. If you don't love those things, it will make you go see. I told you so. Mm, I love a book that will make me mm. say that. And it, you know, and, and, those are my favorites. Great read. I mean, it, it's it's a it's almost reads like a novel in some places. Um, but I mean, I read it in like twenty four hours. Mm, like I could not put it down. It was so good. Very cool. Mm. Very cool. Well, I'm gonna check that one out because I I really that you hooked me on it. Uh, just in that description. All right, so we've got one more big question that we've got to ask here, and it is, what are you reading right now? Um, well, I'm teaching, uh, uh, Aaron, I told you about this. I'm teaching a class on many nights. Um, uh, some people would just ask me to do this. Um, and uh, I'm teaching through The Divine Conspiracy by Dallas Willard. So I'm reading that again just to kind of teach through it. Um I'm also reading his book on the spiritual disciplines, uh, which I think probably everybody, I don't believe in must reads, but that would be a really helpful one. I think for people during this time, uh, I think to understand some of their reactions mm-hmm. to what's going on, but also for help um, as far as, because most people are out of a rhythm. They don't have any, all the supports are gone. And so I think that it'd be good for people to explore you know, using some di- some practices, some disciplines in their life to support them. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm reading those two. Um, uh, I'm reading uh, Dante's Inferno again, a uh, different translation than I've read before, uh, the Hollander edition. I'm also reading a book called the Philokia Kalia, which is a, uh, it's a Greek. Have y'all heard of this? Uh, it's, it's basically the Greek fathers. It's a collection of writings stretching from the fourth century all the way into, I think the 14th or 15th century. And um, it's basically these writings are used by the Greek Orthodox uh, faith. And um, it's just a fascinating read. It's something totally new to me to explore and to look into this branch of Christendom that I, I don't know anything about. And, um, um, yeah, Philo Ke- Kalia's love of the beautiful. So, cool. um, a lot of great writing. Um, mm. What else? I'm, I'm always reading a bunch of books at one time. Um, I'm also reading uh, the most recent. I love it. Uh, book about Bach, uh, Bach's musical universe. I don't understand most of it because it's all about musical theory, and so I'm clueless <laughs> most of the time. And uh, yeah, but mm. I'm still doing it, and I'm still trying to. Of course, you're doing it. that. <laughs> and then I'm also reading *Sense and Sensibility*. So oh, very cool. I love it. Nice. Again. Nice. You know, I would Perfect. say just going back to uh, Jane Austen for a second, I would say like you know if you're recommending it, I regardless of male or female that you're recommending, I would challenge I would challenge a lot of dudes to read Jane Austen because she is we have a stereotype of, of her work in our heads that is based more in adaptations of her work than in, than in reality as as you know, okay. um, because she's yeah. really clever. 
or she was really clever. Most people don't realize how much so. philosophy is going on in her books. So, so is that is is? Um, I mean, sense and sensibility is. If you want to understand uh, Taylor Swift, that book is what we'll do. She is the new. She's basically Marianne Dashwood. Mm. I love it. Huh. There you okay. go. All right. So, Aaron, you've got your uh, title of the episode. <laughs> Taylor Swift is dot, dot, dot. And you have to find out. You have to listen 50 <laughs> minutes in. <laughs> oh, I was planning end. on doing something about Bach, Bach, but uh, maybe uh, Bach Love and Bono. <laughs> Bach, what to Bach and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Hey. All right. So. I got to head off, guys. So I'll just say I'm reading Teaching to Change Lies by Howard Hendricks. So I'm uh, um, I um, almost done with that with my Very class. Cool. I'm doing. Very so cool. It's good stuff. Nice. So, well, Scarlett, what are you reading? I just finished Educated. That was like my for fun read, which is so good. Have you read it? You haven't read it yet. Have you, Aaron? I've read it. No, I have not. But that strikes me as an odd fun read. It was just... I, I mean, fun meaning I was just enthralling. It was, I couldn't put it down. Couldn't put it down. It, yeah, it wasn't fun. It was gripping. <laughs> gripping. Yes. I should have said gripping. It was so, yeah. so good. I didn't want it to end. And then, of course, I went on a deep dive researching every member of her family and just watching her Oprah interview and just just Same. fascinated by her story. Same. It, 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 it's like a, it's like a page turning train wreck. Oh my goodness. It's just unbelievable. So, um, yeah, not, I, I won't say, I won't sum it up by saying Mormon family. Cause it's more survivalist family. The dad is like a big time, um, delu- you know, not delusional paranoid, uh, you know, the government's gonna, you know, doesn't believe in school. Y'all know anyway, readers, you should read your listeners. You should read it. It's so good. Um, so that's the last book I finished. I feel like I'm the next you, Aaron, with, um, your lonesome dove thing where you can't move on from page 74, but like in like five books, like the last five books, I probably mentioned educated is the first one I finished because I'm just reading chunks of, um, commentaries. Cause I'm on my tight deadline. Now I've got like a month to turn in my Bible study on anxiety. So I'm just writing and reading commentaries. And that's pretty much all the words that are going to my brain and Wikipedia articles about all the members of um, Tara Westover's uh, family. <laughs> I find myself slipping into that. Oh, got back to Moses, back to Moses, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're going to make it through and you're going to be able to read things that are enjoyable again. Um, Cause I am enjoying, I really am enjoying the process of writing. I've never written a Bible study, so it's, it's much more studious than, you know, sharing a testimony creative. I, I love creative writing. This is not as much creative as it is learning and studying. So I kind of feel like a college student again, which I'm loving actually. It's just yeah, harder. Yeah. You know? it, it flexes different muscles for sure. Um, and, but, but yeah, it's, it's very valuable work. So I'm excited. I'm excited to see that come out and it's going to be great. Lifeway women is publishing that one. So Lifeway women, August 2nd, 2021. There we, go. there we go. So eventually there will be a pre-order link for that. And we'll put that in the show too someday Yay. Uh, when it's ready. <laughs> well, yes. uh, what are you well uh, you mentioned that I was on page 74. I'm actually on page 85 now of Lonesome Dove. Oh, wow. I know. Um, <laughs> you made I made progress. a little bit of progress. In the last little, two weeks. A <laughs> little bit. A little bit. Um, 
I can't judge. I'm, I've got that going with like 20, 20 hey, books. Uh, you know, I'll take it. Um, I'm also reading The Catalyst by Jonah Berger, um, which is basically a book about changing people's minds. And um, so it's, you know, a little bit, you know, dark arts marketing kind of stuff. So uh, so that'll be kind of fun uh, to, to read. Um, I'm, that's more of a work thing than it is a fun thing. Um, and then, you know, whenever a, whenever a graphic novel passes, uh, passes by, um, I'm having a hard time pick, not reading it because I'm trying to get out of doing the work that I actually should be doing. Like, you know, finishing, making sure that a sample chapter for a proposal is, is ready to rock and roll. So yeah. So more on that eventually. <laughs> so yeah. Cool. I want to yeah. hear more about that. Um, but for now, you know what we need to do? We need to wrap this because um, we've got to let Matt get back to back to there Bach. You go. You got to get back to Bach, man. Get back to Bach. Ooh, I like it. <laughs> that's a great. That's I a great like phrase. It. Right I like there. it. Wonderful new episode title. <laughs> All right. So, much, so I'm going to get so much grief from my friends about this. I want. Fo- I I would like to see screen capped texts and tweets and whatnot uh for this in case i mi- for depending on what i miss so <laughs> online so i'm gonna get pummeled <laughs> it'll be great it's fine um all right well matt thank you for hanging out with us this was a lot of fun hey, yeah and glad to so much fun to listen to by the way oh thank you Thank you. Hopefully, more fun now that Scarlet's here. Oh. And uh, oh man, so much better. Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. All right. So Matt, thanks for hanging out. This was a lot Thank of fun. Um, and listeners, uh, you know what to do: five star ratings and reviews all around. Follow Matt. Look for a pre order link for the new version of God of the Mundane soon. Um, it's gonna be great. So thanks. Bye. This is an area code podcast.